Thank you for joining us on our review of Loki episode five here on We Watched Loki. And if you know anything about this episode, if you watched it, if you've heard about it, you know that this is the most Easter egg filled episode of a Marvel show this far, maybe even of all the Marvel properties on screen so far. That's how big it is. And it just so happens the episode was pretty good. Pretty good. We're going to talk about all that here in just a moment. Before we do, I want to let you guys know where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. You type that into your Google machine and we will come up. If you want to listen to our main show where we talk about the characters you love and all the places you can find them, do that every single Monday. Uh, and we, you can hear us talk about the news, the interviews that we do, which are tremendous. And if you want to hear our reviews of the comic books, every single Wednesday you can hear our image first reviews. We get them out day and date for you guys, thanks to Image Comics. And then Sundays, if you want to check out our reviews of everything else. Without further ado, let's talk about Loki. Journey into mystery. It starts with an Easter egg. I get it. <laughs> I'm glad. That. I'm glad you get it. Uh, I saw that episode title and I immediately was like, okay, let's go. Like I, I was viscerally, I had a visceral reaction just to the name of the episode. <laughs> That's how you know you're a Marvel, Mark. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Um, and, you know, last episode left us in a place where, you know, we didn't know what the hell to expect. We saw the the Loki uh, variants, all the different Loki variants looking very different. There was even a black one. Of course, um, you know, he doesn't last very long in this episode, as per usual. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Void just features like every different version of loki you could possibly imagine um were you guys surprised by that no um no i i felt like they had set that up pretty well um one of the things they kept kind of going back to right was that like what is the thing that that all Lokis have in common, right? Is it that they're tricksters? Is it that they're backstabbers? Is it whatever? And it was that they're survivors, right? That they'll they'll do whatever they have to do, stab whoever in the back to make it and keep, you know, keep going, right? And keep yeah. gaming. Um, so the idea that, like, when we were introduced to the the other Lokis, the four other Lokis, um, at the end of last episode, in, in that that post credit scene, um, one of the things that Kale and I were were kind of speculating on last week was like, well, this can't be the only ones, right? Like, there's probably more Lokis, and we were kind of questioning, like, is this where everyone goes when they get blipped mm -hmm. or not? Not blipped. What's it called? Um, pruned. Um, pruned. Yeah. Um. Or is is this like just a Loki? Like, do all the Lokis go to one place? Do all the Mobiuses go to one place? Whatever, right? Um, and boy, you'd think it was a Loki heaven. Yeah, I mean, with how many of them there are there. Yeah. Uh, but it is one of those things where, like, I I didn't like. Yes, it's convenient for this story that is about Loki and multiple Loki for there to be other Loki. But it also was something that, like didn't feel like it didn't make sense to me because like they are characters who I think are probably uniquely poised to um, a world where survival is based on like hiding 
and scheming and you know planning right and like the fact that they could stay stay one step ahead of a big dumb monster when they're really good at staying one step ahead of people that are actually smart um it it was like yeah no i buy that you know i i don't feel like they would be the only character that you might find a legion of there but if we spent more time in this universe we might find some other familiar characters as well right yeah like who like who do i think might survive yeah I could see a version of, uh, you know, a Tony Stark that's able to cobble together an Iron Man suit based on a bunch of tech that's lying around. I could see a oh, similar. Okay, sure. I'm just curious. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, one thing that Marvel's really good at doing is finding ways to respect the character's history. Um, in the framework of the story that they're already trying to tell. And I think that with this, they did a really good job of that because Loki is a character who has looked so many different ways and is known to change his appearance uh, in order to, you know, fit whatever the scheme is. And Marvel has played with that, you know, like um, different versions of Loki, like the frog Loki or, you know, this or that. Um, and I think this show utilizing that idea in this way has actually been really cool. And this episode gets crazy with all the different Lokis. I mean, my goodness. And the first uh, Easter egg that I wanted to point out um, is, you know, it's, it's nothing too crazy, but I could definitely see how people could miss it. It's when the president Loki and all of his like goons are standing over Loki. And it's the same way that the Avengers stood over Loki in the first movie when they defeated him. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's funny. I, mean, I just I love that. Yeah. Especially because he wins this time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Um, Personal fortunes. And it's funny because I remember last week we were talking about how oh yeah he must have to like run for president of the Lokis or whatever because like obviously we had seen that in the trailer and everything that was a really good fake out. Um, yeah. Well, to a degree, we were right. Yeah. He did have to prove his <laughs> you know his uh, his brains and his metal to prove that he was the best of the Lokis. Or, you know, also get an assist from his friend, the alligator, who just bit that motherfucker's hand clean off. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what we all need, is an assist from an alligator, you know? I think so. <laughs> and, and, again, like, the alligator thing, I was like, ah, this is a little bit lame. But it worked out. Like, it, it was, it ended up, the alligator ended up being a part of some funny moments. Yeah. Um, and getting its, you know, its licks, or I guess bites in this case. <laughs> in and it just added to the fun of it and I, I i feel like this episode was a lot of fun it was willing to be fun even in a situation um that is kind of dire for the lokis you know there's this uh, void monster that is trying to um suck everything into itself and loki has to avoid that but uh sylvie gets to play again she's like is she or isn't she the enchantress I feel like they kind of played the middle here and didn't commit to that identity for her while still allowing her to enchant, as they uh, called it. Um, I really, really, really like where the Loki-Sylvie relationship has has gone, you know, where it's landed mm -hmm. in this episode. Yeah, I've appreciated it, too. Um, I, I think they like the, the actors have good chemistry, which helps. And I don't know, like I, I commented on like, I think the first episode where they team up that like, I like their back and forth. I like the way they bounce off of each other. 
um, and the ways in which they are the same but also different kind of brushing up against each other again and again um, I think is has made for a good a good dynamic and I think like with them being surrounded by these other Lokis as uh, supporting characters this episode, um, along with Mobius, who's a character I think we've all um, said yeah. that we like, like, it, it, you end up having, like, a crew that is a lot of fun to follow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead. Oh, uh, I just wanted to comment on the the thing you had said about the alligator. Um Something I really appreciated about that, and I think you kind of see that throughout this episode, although a lot of it is in Easter eggs, is something that I remember commenting on back when we were watching WandaVision, which was that I really love that we're far enough along in the MCU that, like, we can really start to get to the weird shit. Like, I I remember a time when it was like, how are they going to make us buy Guardians, right? And now it's like, we're so far removed from that, that weirder and weirder stuff is, like, something that they can just present and people are like, okay, fine. Like the alligator Loki is ridiculous, but that's a comic book ass Mm -hmm. thing, you know? Um, Call me when they let Thanos have his helicopter. Well, there, that was in this episode, Kale. The helicopter was Thanos wasn't in it. (laughs) No, you know what I meant, but the Thanos copter was in it. Kale, come on. (laughs) You know what I meant? I'm just saying we're getting there. We're ramping up. Uh, and similarly, another like one of the other really weird fucking things that they had in this was there's this scene um, where they're they're in the base and they're like scanning and you see Mjolnir there and then like there's a little jar with like a little thing like jumping around in it and if you look really closely I had to rewind it like two or three times to check it out um, it is uh, it's Thor as a frog. Which hap- was like from that Marvel like animals series a couple of years ago, and he's like trying to break out of this jar to get to the full size Mjolnir, and it's like I don't know, I just I love how many weird little things like that are like chilling in the background of this episode, but that like little by little weirder things like that are starting to come to the forefront, right? Where like a main character in this episode is a fucking alligator with a helmet on it, and I Did love you guys- that. Did you guys see the Polybius arcade machine? That was crazy. No. Yes, yes, I did. I knew I knew what it was, but I, now that you say that, like I, I, yes, I did. Yeah. What's love that? What's up with Polybius, that? Polybius. It's just there. Why the? F- where where was it? It's in the base. Oh, for real? Yeah. Huh. That's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Here, I'm looking at the picture now. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, there were so many uh, awesome Easter eggs in this episode, but I do want to talk again about the Sylvie Loki relationship, and I think um, it, it's interesting. And I, I wonder. I haven't checked to see what other people think, but um, I am curious because their relationship is very much uh, undefined in terms of, you know, are they friends? Are they interested in each other in like a romantic way? The show hasn't really gone there with that. And I think that um, that reflects it, it, it. I personally like the idea that there's nothing there, that they're just friends. But also um, a lot of people have commented on the MCU being a sexless place. Um, and mm-hmm. I typically agree with that. 
And I wonder if this is another example of them not wanting to put them together for that reason, or if they just really just wanted them to be friends and that's it. But like they hold hands in this episode, Loki puts his, um, the blanket around her over her um and there are there there's this tension but i'm not sure if i'm reading into it or if that's really there no i think it's there i think it's they're building that on purpose Mm. yeah i think i think that's true i i think like they're definitely um building that there on purpose but but i guess the question is like to what end because like i i definitely would say i i agree with you um, or I, I, I guess I would agree with that statement, right? That like I think that the MCU is generally pretty sexless. Um, there's been, you know, like obviously, um, like in like Iron Man two, right? Like Black Widow is like super like sexualized, and like there's like elements of that a little bit where like in um like Cap two, right? There's like sexual tension once or twice. There's like sexual tension between characters, of, but like you don't see a lot of kissing or like heat or real romance it's mostly just kind of like talked about or 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 nodded to right yeah um or or in this case teenage flirting yeah yeah like there's a lot of that energy to it um can can i hold your hand i'm i'm the god of mischief uh, and you i mean you're the god the goddess of mischief we could we could hold hands if you want i I mean steady if you want. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, why don't you share my tablecloth? I don't know how to do this. Um, but yeah, and you know, like I I think I get that, right? Like these are definitely movies that are made to appeal to as broad an audience as possible in terms of like age range, right? So like I understand wanting to um, maybe keep some of that subtextual, but this definitely feels like, you know, maybe an attempt to move that needle a little bit and try to inject some of that. But like, it's still got the same kind of like, we're very arm's length away. So that like, if somebody does kind of like bat an eye at it, you can be like, Oh, well it's just platonic, you know? Like it's like, it's not, it's not explicitly said what's going on. And even still, even if it isn't like, it'll be harmless. Yeah. It'll be a kiss. Yeah. At most. And, I mean, she's going to die anyway, so. Right. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah, she is. Probably. I think it's so, you know, on one of the prior episodes, I said that, you know, their relationship was cool, but I didn't like the the very, like, early days MCU banter that they seem to have going on. And they've reached a point now where they're vulnerable. And this is actually, like, really good um interaction and, and in my opinion dialogue i've enjoyed their scenes a lot because it feels like they brought both loki and sylvie to a point where they're being real with each other yeah and i, I really like that and loki and mobius as well um they they had a great scene later on in the episode um where you know they have this this conversation and loki ends up well i guess they embrace each other um they called each other friend or loki calls him a friend he does um yeah and thus, I learned there's a Tumblr ship. And I gotta say, it's way stronger than the Loki <laughs> ship. And frankly, I gotta say, I buy it more. Does it have like a Brangelina name? Or... My man, you know it does, and you know I did not come here without it. Is it Lobius? <laughs> it's, see, see, that's the, the layman's game. It's Lokius. 
Ah, uh, okay. That's pretty good. It's okay. It's okay. Even even Sylvie ships Lokius. Sure. The 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 actor or no no, no. well maybe but the character, you what know, he does care for you. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes you, you know. Oh my god. Um, I I wanted to to pull on something that you said um before Sean, where you had said like now that the characters are really vulnerable, like it feels like they're they're being real with each other in a way that I I like. I feel like we've seen Loki be real for maybe like five minutes of his overall screen time. Um, and it, it, it reminds me of something that I remember talking about, uh, prior to the series as being one of my primary concerns that like, it was going to be frustrating to follow this version of Loki because he was going to be getting reset back to the person he was, um, during Avengers. And like, I'm really glad that they found a way to kind of like have their cake and eat it too in that way where they were able to give him back some of that development so that he could get to this place because it feels like you know kind of a natural next step for the character from how we followed his whole story um and and i i really was not struggling to see how they were going to do that in a way that felt meaningful um and and i feel like it has yeah i, I definitely agree um, and again, you know, this is something that we've talked about pretty much with every single one of these shows. Um, you can't necessarily examine the character Loki the way that they have, um, in a movie. Like you can, but if he's not going to be the star of the show, if he's if it's not going to be his vehicle, you're only going to you're only realistically going to get, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes of the character real, really on screen yeah. uh, in a two and a half hour movie. And that's not enough, even over the course of what's it been now since his first appearance, 12 years. Um, we, yeah, we know Loki way more now than we did then. And he's probably had, you know, a couple of hours of screen time prior to this show. So um, these shows have been very positive for the characters who have needed that extra time. You don't need it for like Steve Rogers. We get it. But Loki, you know, Falcon, Winter Soldier, I think they, they benefit a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think especially considering like the attitude that, you know, that we um, went into this show with, where we're kind of like, yeah, no, like I get it. Like I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of Loki. Like, do we really need a whole show about him? And like, you know, I, I feel like they found a good way to, um, to justify doing that and putting that character back on the board, like beyond just fan service of like, well, people really like Tom Hiddleston and Loki, so we should bring him back, right? Yeah. Um, it felt like they really found a good like excuse to use that character to do a lot of really different things. And start kind of like getting us used to new concepts or relatively new concepts in the MCU with a character we're super familiar with, you know? Yeah. So let's pivot and talk a little bit about the TVA angle. Uh, this, the TVA is obviously like all bullshit, right? Like yeah. at least the the leadership of it, we don't know who it is. It was a, it was a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Uh, you guys talked about that. What do you think is going to happen with that now? Because this episode really didn't progress that forward too much. 
Miss Minutes is the the like robot brain thing of the TVA, voiced by Tara Strong, by the way. Yeah, um, love that. She can't. She can't seem to access any type of data about the real questions that we all have that the characters in the show have about the origins of the TVA. Uh, what's up with the void? She doesn't know anything like that. So this episode really puts that stuff on the back burner. I know we're going to find out, obviously, next episode what's going to happen. With yeah, them. of they course. They left that as the cliffhanger tease as Loki and Sylvie are entering into you know, this castle or whatever. Right, I right. I imagine that whoever runs the TVA, whoever started it, is there. Who is it going to be? It's fucking Kang, dude. You're right. Like, you're definitely right. Like, I, I, I'm, like, I've thought that that was a good theory since you floated it out forever ago, but, like, every one of these episodes, there's been a thing or, like, something that I've thought about that I'm like, ah, I feel like we're going to Kang. I feel like that's where we're driving, right? And then, like, you look at this and it's this big fucking palace right? Like, through a time hole, okay, that seems like a pretty Kang-ass place, but the thing that really set it over for me was I, I was looking at the Screen Rant um, roundup of all the Easter eggs to see if there was anything I had missed and blah, 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 and they have uh, an entry on the big monster, right? Um, uh, uh, Al- uh, Alio? How did they say it? Alioth, right? Whatever. Uh, and they had some context here that I thought was really interesting. Uh, It says, this bad-tempered monster comes in the form of Alioth. Uh, In the Marvel comics, Alioth is a similarly purple-hued cloud with red eyes, and he debuted in 1993 as a rival to Kang the Conqueror. Hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like all signs are pointing to Kang. How about you, Kill? I think it's Mobius. You think, think, you think he's think, the bad guy? <laughs> I think they're going to kick in the door to that castle. And what's actually going to happen is they're going to kick in the glass door to an Arby's. And he's going to be in there uh, in a Speedo with a cowboy hat on, on a jet ski, just living his life as a middle, <laughs> you know, a middle management uh, Utah uh, Arby's employee. I really, I really thought this was driving to like a a, Owen, a different Owen Wilson reference. <laughs> no, it's been my theory all along that he's an Arby's manager, right? Yeah, in Utah. I've been talking about Kang for like two years, and I was extremely confident in this the entire time, but now I think that in very uh, Wandavision fashion. They're going to swerve and show us a lo- another Loki. Oh, God, Ooh. I would. Okay. I was going to, whatever you were going to say, I was going to give my, my real answer just quickly. I, oh, God, I hope it's classic Loki. I want Richard E. Grant. Like, he had a cool moment this episode. That was Don't awesome. Get me wrong. I that love that. Awesome. As hell. Love that character. But I need to see. Loki be an evil bitch. That's the one version of Loki we haven't seen is an mm-hmm. actually evil Loki. Um, and I feel like Lo- it wouldn't be a show about Loki if we didn't get something like that. That being said, I do feel like this episode, episode five, really kind of puts the cap on the 
variants of Loki's story, um, it felt like it was a story about these characters who are good at surviving. They're, they they persevere, and you know Richard E. Grant's version of Loki in particular gets his you know his one big moment there where he where he you know erects the giant the, the castle and everything. That was so cool, and it was so awesome to see a Loki in the MCU do something powerful. Loki never does anything that cool. Yeah. His powers. Um, so, but I feel like because of that, that that's the capper on that character specifically, but more broadly, the story of all the Lokis. The reason why I say, I feel like they're going to go down the road of one evil Loki is because this is Marvel and they don't give a shit about our theories. They don't <laughs> give a shit about Frankly, what even makes sense? They just do whatever they want to do. And this is a Loki show, not a Kang show. The only saving grace for my theory, and the only reason why I hold on to a shred of hope, is that I don't believe they will introduce Kang in Ant-Man Quantumania. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I don't think that makes any sense. And they announced Kang. No, they announced Jonathan Majors as Kang very, very uh, similarly time-wise to when Loki started filming. And I said then that the reason they did that is because he was going to be in this show and they did not want his appearance to be spoiled or the actor be playing that character to be spoiled by someone catching a snapshot on set. Uh-huh. That's my theory. But if I'm wrong about that, then I believe it will be a Loki. I don't believe it's going to be anything else. It's Loki or Kang. Okay. I think I think that's a solid uh, backup, like a fake out theory, because I could see that making sense. I don't think it'll be old Loki. I think um, I definitely think that character was meant to represent um, a version of Loki that's good, you know. Uh, and I, I saw a theory about that being a reference to um, what Kid Loki went through, where he like saw the older version of himself and like tried to be a different person. Right. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe that, maybe that holds some water. Um, but I don't know. Cause like his whole thing about like missing Thor and wanting to reconnect with the world and everything being the thing that, you know, got him captured by the TVA or whatever. Um, and then he also performs this selfless act. I feel like yeah. those are supposed to be, kind of signals to Loki that there's another way for him. You know, there's another path forward where he's not the person he's been. Or it's all a red herring. It's possible. And of course he wants to reconnect with Thor because he wants his vengeance. Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> I I think I think it could go a lot of different ways, but uh ultimately this episode so I was annoyed when the episode ended and we didn't get, you know, oh, it's, it's so-and-so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I get it and I'm not criticizing the episode for it because this is a TV show. It's not a movie and we do have to wait. And I like the waiting part. They got to leave you want um, more. Absolutely. So I'm not going to complain about that. I'm on the edge of my seat. And this is the first time with this show where I'm like, 
oh man, I can't wait for the next episode. Nice. Like, this is going to be so awesome. Um, and that's due to not only the cliffhanger being so cool, but just genuinely the episode for me, at least being in a really entertaining, that like whole base scene where they're having like a fight and everything else. That was a lot of fun. The Loki's plotting on each other was a lot of fun. Black on black crime. Don't know why they had to do that. Um, oh my you know, God, yeah. So much. <laughs> I immediately so much rolled my stuff. eyes. It's just like, it's just, you know, it's ubiquitous now. Uh, Kale, I know that you have been down on this show. Did this episode change your mind at all? No. You like the uh, last episode. Yeah. The last one was okay. Uh, this one, again, felt, uh, put put me down. I, I felt like this, especially in the first half, basically up until they opened the castle to the, you know, the void monster to the castle. It felt like another detour. Hmm. Um, and some of the dialogue in this episode and like coincidental meetings or whatever just did not work for me. Can you uh, give an example? The dialogue, I, I um, am having a hard time coming up with anything uh, because I watched it. Jeez, I have had an afternoon. I saw Black Widow today, immediately watched Loki, and then this is going to date this episode for sure. But then I watched the England-Denmark match, and I am toast. Uh, <laughs> event fatigue, as it were. But when when um, uh, Owen Wilson and Sylvie just pull up, they just pull up to you know where the other Lokis are, I mean, they had decided independently of them to go pursue the same goal, though. You know? Well, right. But, you know, what is this place the size of a, you know, uh, is it a baseball field? Like, <laughs> I have no they idea. saw him from across the way. Like, nobody waved. <laughs> Dude, that, I, that bugged I, me a lot. <laughs> I feel you. I hate things like that. Like, these th- these are, like, literal planets and stuff, but they don't show anything else. The people just somehow magically yeah. make it to where they're at. Like, it's 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 really annoying. For whatever reason, with this particular uh, setup, it didn't bother me just because of the the way the void seems to, like, work in a way that doesn't work. Yeah. Like, there's no rules set. Mm. And the fact that all these Lokis found each other, I figure it must be pretty damn easy. Um, so I, I don't know, but I, I don't think that that's an invalid criticism. I just went a different way with it. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think, I think I would have been fine with it if they like, you know, came at the monster from like different angle angles sure. and saw each other and were like, Oh, Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. That's fine. But like they came up to, to each other, like they were expecting each other. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. Um, and, 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 you know, you're right in the sense that you can look at the first half as a detour if you don't give a shit about the Loki variants. Um, and I didn't at first, I, but I started to, I don't know, I started to care for some reason, like kid Loki saying that, you know, his, his, you know, act that, that got him, uh, you know, pruned was, uh, killing Thor. Like, whoa, you know, I want to yeah. see that. What's yeah. that about? Um, old Loki's, you know, heroic moment. I, I don't know. I just, there were moments and spaces that wouldn't have worked if they didn't do some of that setup. Yeah. And go ahead. 
No, I was going to just say I, I agree with Sean. Those things worked for me and it felt like investment, you know, like you're investing in that early part so that you get the payoff that um, that I appreciated later. Yeah, I, I guess I don't wholly disagree. It's just, you know, stuff – it felt like stuff that in the fifth episode feels uh, a little uh, superfluous to be concentrating on. Mm. Yeah, and maybe that's fair, but I feel like it's one of those things where, like, this only works at this point in the story, right? Like, any earlier, yeah. it literally couldn't have been included. Um, so, it, to me, it's like, it, it feels like the trade of that is worth it in my mind, where, like, I don't know that what you're saying is untrue, but I would rather get this moment now than not get it mm. and get to the reveal of the villain quicker. It's like, eh. Like, I don't mind slowing things down a little bit at the end if it's for moments that feel, like, worth it. And I think, like, whether or not they had a lot of impact, I think I agree with Sean in that, like, they were fun. And the characters that we did get to know better, I found myself really liking and, and responding to. I will say this, uh, and this is probably, like, how I'm going to feel about this show even when it ends. Um, they really didn't have a lot more than the concept of the TVA to work with. Mm. And so the more that that like episode four kind of pulling the rug out from under all that TVA jazz really um, felt like the end in a lot of ways. It felt mm. like, okay, now we end. And then there was another episode. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so they had to, you know, do something because they didn't, they clearly didn't want to blow the cap off of it here. So that, so I, I see like it, it is filler, but it also is these moments. So I don't know. They're, yeah, they're at least doing a decent job of constructing other stories around it. Yeah. And different set pieces to make you care to progress past that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even if it is in service of like, you know the six episode thing i would rather i would rather have that that stuff than you know the stuff of like the the netflix marvel shows where you have that you know the side ex- bullshit episode yeah 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 imagine like, this being double the length that's the yeah. thing is that would be bad yeah. right and i think for me like um i i i, I even hesitate to call it filler or like if if we are going to call it filler it's like fair enough but like i think like Filler with substance is character work, you know? Um, and, and I feel like, yeah, like maybe it doesn't support like the end goal that we're driving toward. But I think for me, walking away from this, I will feel more emotionally connected to what we experienced or what we experience next because of this episode. Um, whether or not it was, you know, it might, I don't think it wasn't one of my favorites necessarily. I think because of some of those pacing things, but I think like, Moment to moment, uh, it, it it was so you know. I think it's a mixed bag, but I think it, it's a, it was a worthwhile addition in my mind. It's probably my favorite episode. Nice. All right. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think episode four was my favorite, but four and five I've really enjoyed more than the rest of the bunch, and um, I'm genuinely excited like i said to see you know how we're going to resolve this i will say you know this certainly isn't my favorite of the marvel shows um and it doesn't it's it's the bottom one but um if it ends well 
in my eyes, has a chance to really, really be a driver for the future of the MCU with respect to what's coming next. And yeah. I think that's the only that's the only way you really validate this show's existence, right? Like if it does not introduce Kang, if it does not, even if it's not Kang, whoever it is, some major big bad, then I have to reflect and say, well, what was the point? I th- um, I think the things it introduces mechanically are pretty big, though. Like the idea of meeting versions of people from different universes and stuff like that. Like we've talked about that before, but we've never really done it before. It's happened. Except, well, I guess there was the uh, the stuff that happened in Endgame, of course. Yeah, Endgame introduced all of this. This sure. is just piggyback. Um, so so the, and then the TVA concept is like over uh, uh, by all accounts. Like after this, probably anyway. Yeah. So I think that for this show to have a lasting impact, it really needs to do something crazy in the end. And I actually hope and believe that they will. So we're gonna leave it there. And hope that you guys come back and uh, listen to us chat about the finale episode when that drops next week. We are excited for it. Well, you know, Kale, he doesn't really get up for much. But um, if you are excited and you want to chat with us about this episode, write in at the gmail.com or you can leave a comment in the comment section below if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, hit the follow button and leave us a rating or a review if you're on YouTube. Make sure that you guys are subscribing so that you can be made aware of when we drop new content. Like the video, share it with your friends. All those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Listen to our main show, which drops every single Monday, and our review shows, which drop Wednesday and Sunday, respectively. We appreciate your support so much. Check back next week for the finale of We Watch Loki. Until then, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. You know what? See you next Loki. You know what? Hot take? This might be my favorite one. <laughs>